0: Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, beginning at verse number 18. I'm going to read one verse, and uh, I'm going to teach part of this today, and then I'll finish teaching the rest of this on Wednesday night. I think, I think you're going to want all of the points. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18 says, but we with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. I want to pause there and I want to talk from this subject in our time together, family, eight steps to the next level. Clap your hands if you're ready for God's word. So I want to ease into this introduction with this axiom today, family. This is for my note takers. Our life is lived in seasons, but it's lived on levels. Our life is lived in seasons, but it's lived on levels. Ecclesiastes 3 frames it this way. The writer says, to everything there is a season. Is that right? And a time to every purpose under heaven. There are young seasons. There are old seasons. There are seasons where you begin. There are seasons where you end. There are seasons when you speak. There are seasons when you're quiet. There are seasons when you sow. There are seasons when you reap. There are seasons when you help others. And there are seasons when others help you. There are seasons when you raise and take care of your children. And there'll be a season where your children take care of you. We all live in, live through, navigate through seasons. And some of these seasons are uncontrollable and inevitable. If you keep on living, you're going to get older. Some seasons are uncontrollable and inevitable. However, even though we can't control our seasons, not all of them, we can determine our levels. When I say levels, I'm referring to degrees of personal growth and spiritual growth and development and achievement that we have in the season that we're in. I can't always determine the season that I'm in, but I can determine who I am and how I am in that season let me say it again, I cannot always determine the season that I'm in, but I can determine who I am and how I am in that season. I can decide in that season who, I go, who I'm going to be spiritually. I can decide in that season who I'm going to be emotionally. And while certain seasons come and go, we have been given response ability to respond to the season seasons that we're in I may not be able to go into a new season when I get ready but I can make a decision to go to a new level when I get ready and I want to know am I talking to anybody in this room and am I talking to anybody online that senses it's time for a new level okay PD how do I know If it's time for a new level, here it is. Here's the indication that it's time for elevation. Frustration. Did you hear what I just said? Frustration is the indication that an adjustment needs to be made regarding the level that you're on. Even though frustration is agitating, it is also educating. God uses it and if you and I were to say God take away my frustration what we're actually what we actually would be saying is God take away my ability to experience elevation cause you can't experience elevation without experiencing some frustration God will make you frustrated on the level you're on so that you can begin to passionately pursue the level you're supposed to be and I believe I'm talking to some people that have come to the conclusion God must be getting ready to send me to a whole different level because of the the degree of frustration and agitation I'm dealing with. Y'all aren't talking to me. I want somebody to agitate the enemy because he wants your frustration to infect your determination so you end up suffering with stagnation but I want you to give the devil agitation by giving God appreciation for the elevation you hadn't even had yet. God you must be getting ready to do something significant in my life because I am no longer satisfied with what I used to be okay with. I am no longer okay with that which I used to settle for. God is adjusting your appetite and the adjustment of your appetite is a prophetic picture that you're getting ready to make an exit from this level. Y'all aren't talking to me. The things that used to satisfy you don't satisfy you anymore. And now you've got a hunger for more that you didn't used to have. And you're wondering, is it greed? Let me help you. It's not greed. It's God. God's got to give us a want to. So that we can want for ourselves what he wants for us. Am I talking to anybody that's got this revelation? I can't control my season. But I can determine my level. I can't always control the season I'm in. I can't control who I am in that season. If I'm making sense, say yes. Yes. The scriptures family are inundated with examples of what I'm articulating. But no scripture, I think, reveals and exposes this like our foundational text here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In this text, the apostle Paul, who is the author of this epistle, is having a conversation with the Corinthians regarding spiritual formation. Somebody say formation. Formation. I want you to catch this because spiritual growth is not just the accumulation of information. Spiritual growth is the application of information that leads to formation. I, listen to me. I didn't say even transformation. Because transformation makes me different than I was. But it doesn't mean it made me more like Jesus. Am I making sense here? Yeah, I can be different than I was, but that doesn't mean I'm more like Jesus. I can go from mean to nice and still not be like Jesus. Am I making sense? So going from mean to nice is transformation, but it is not formation. You see, the goal of spiritual formation is not just to make me different. It's to make me like Jesus. Ah, here's what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, verse number 19. He says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed formed. He says, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to form Christ-likeness on the inside. And this is why we should all want this, be obsessed with this, be passionately pursuing this, because the more I become formed like Christ, the better my life gets He lived the greatest life that was ever lived. Therefore, the more I become like him, the more I can experience life like him. If you want to know how to sleep in the middle of a storm, he did it. If you want to know how to bounce back from betrayal, he did it. If you want to know how to resist the temptation for destructive behavior, he did it. If you want to know how to bounce back from what killed other people, he did it. If you want to know how to carry out your purpose, he did it. And he did not do it just to show us what he could do. He did it to show us what we could do. Are you here? He didn't just do what he did so we, could be, uh, so we could simply admire what he did. He showed us what he did so we could desire what he did. He's trying to get us to see what he did literally. We can do metaphorically. He walked on water literally. Metaphorically, we can walk on what other people drown in. I believe that's somebody's testimony right now. You are on top of something that would have been on top of you in a previous season. If you had gone through three years ago, what you are going through right now, you'd be drowning, you'd be gasping for air, you would not be in your right mind, but somehow, some way, you are walking on what you used to drown in, and other people are surprised that you're not drowning, but they have no idea that you're surprised that you're not drowning. you like... I'm surprised I didn't go off let me go to this side I feel real over here oh my god I did not go off I'm surprised is there anybody here that knows you are not where you used to be what he did literally we can do metaphorically he was not intimidated or arrested with anxiety over the activity and the betrayal of another person. He literally knew Judas was going to betray him, but he was so secure in God's ability to fulfill what he promised. He was so secure in God's sovereignty that he looked at a man that he knew was going to betray him. Listen to me, family, and didn't try to stop it. He's having the last supper, looks at Judas, knows he's going to betray him, and does not try to talk him out of it. He says to him, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. In other words, go ahead and get it out the way. I'm not going to try to convince you. I'm not going to try to change your mind because what you are getting ready to do will not stop what God is planning to do in my life I don't know who this is for but I just want to tell everybody that's dealing with any sort of intimidation that what they are getting ready to do cannot stop what God's going to do in your life it's almost as if Jesus was saying I can't stop you from doing it but what you're doing can't stop what God's getting ready to do I can't stop you from doing it, but what you're getting ready to do can't stop what God is getting ready to do in my life. So I don't know if you're going to put me in the grave. What I do know is if you put me there, don't sleep on me. I might be down right now, but don't sleep on me. Things might not be going well right now, but don't sleep on me. Because early Sunday morning... What he did, literally, we can do metaphorically. Who doesn't want to walk on what other people drown in? Who doesn't want to be so secure in what God is going to do in your life that you can literally sleep in storms that wake other people up? Are y'all following me here? I mean, the disciples are on the boat panicking. Jesus is sleeping. The Bible says with a blanket. (laughs) Am I making sense? He did not just do that just to show us what he could do. He did it to show us what we could do. This is why we should not just settle for transformation. I just don't want to be different than I was. I want to be more like him. Because when I get like him, I walk on water. When I get like him, Judas don't bother me. When I get like him, are y'all following me? I can sleep in a storm. I don't just want transformation. I want formation. I don't just want to stop bad stuff. If I'm making sense so far, say yes. Yes. So this is the kind of conversation that Paul is having with believers in Corinth. He's trying to get them to see, I'm trying to get you to change the way you live in. Not because this way is simply right. He says, I'm trying to get you to change the way you're living because this way I'm introducing you to is better. He says, I want to show you. I want to show you better. And so he's having this this conversation with them. I don't know if we're ready. I don't even know if I got time now. But let me me just, I'll finish it Wednesday, but let me just dip my toe in the water here because the transition he's trying to get them to make will is a religious transition. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. He's talking to them in 2 Corinthians 3, actually, about the new covenant. Is that right? I said, is that right? He, He calls himself a minister of the new covenant. He's trying to get them to see that their old practices can get them to a new level. So in order to In order to elevate them so that they desire the new covenant, he's got to expose them to the deficiencies in the old one. I'm going to say that one more time, change church. In order order to elevate them and to get them to pursue the new covenant, he's got to expose the deficiencies of the old one. And they've got to be emotionally mature enough and spiritually flexible enough to get exposed to a deficiency without being offended. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? He's letting them know, hey, I'm not hating on this. I'm telling you that this is not sufficient for where you want to go. And so he has to expose the deficiency to create in them a desire to pursue God's best. They're spiritually settling, but they don't know it. They don't even know, Tario, another level exists. So they don't have an appetite for it because they don't know it exists. So he has to expose to them the deficiencies of the level that they own and introduce them to the possibility that maybe there's more to this than what you're experiencing. And just because you aren't experiencing it doesn't mean it's not a reality. It's just not a reality for you. And I wanna know, am I talking to anybody that loves God more than your beliefs Woo! when you love your beliefs more than God you will change God to fit your beliefs but when you love your God more than your beliefs when God exposes us to a deficiency in the way we've been believing or practicing our spirituality you will let go of a belief to hold on to a God And I promise you, God will not pry your hands off of one thing to put something else in your hands that is inferior to what he took away from you. He will be a debtor to no one and so he will not take something from you and give you something less in exchange. So when he tries to pull some of these things from out of our heart stop fighting the process and say God is uncomfortable but have your way. I'm a little confused, but have your way. I'm a little nervous, but have your way. I need some clarity, but have your way. Because I don't want to hold on to anything that's holding me back. I want another level. I want to know, am I talking to anybody in this room that not only wants another level, but you refuse to not have it. I want to know, is there anybody that has made a decision that this level is no longer an option? If I'm talking to you, let me hear you give God praise for 10 seconds. If I'm making sense, wave at me. So let me get very practical here. Let me get very practical. In order for God to take my prayer life to the next level, one of the things he may have to do is expose the deficiencies in my current one. And so when he exposes the deficiencies in my current one, my reaction to that reveals whether or not I love my beliefs more than God or God more than my beliefs are y'all ready are y'all here now there, there are examples of this all throughout the gospels guys all throughout the gospels literally there's an instance where Jesus' disciples are trying to perform an exorcism they're trying to cast out a demon right so uh, it is a, a a a child of a father they're trying to cast a demon out of they're unable to do so the father gets frustrated so he finds jesus he brings his child to jesus and says, I brought my son to your team, and your team could not cast him out. They couldn't fix him. Jesus, I don't even have time to bother this, ask the man, do you believe? He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, I love his honesty, because what you're about to see is he still got the miracle, even though there's some duality. Did you hear what I just said? And I think sometimes we give, we give way more credit to our faith than we should. We should be giving that credit to God's grace. Because some stuff you got, you believed and you didn't believe, y'all aren't talking to. The only reason you're surprised is you didn't quite believe. But my Bible says, He will do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think my bible says your eyes have not seen your ears have not heard your heart has not conceived what God has in store I don't know who this is for I'm getting ready to speak this over this house today you are about to be surprised I want somebody that wants it to throw your hands up and say surprise surprise me surprise me this week surprise me this month. Surprise me before the year's out. There's some stuff I said in January that I didn't think was possible, because we're in October, but take these last three months and surprise me. Blow my mind. Surprise! Am I making sense? So it's, I can't be expen- offended by the exposure. I can't be offended when God show me it's another way to do it. I can't be offended when God says, tweak this right here. I can't be offended when God says, I've been letting you get away with that as long as I've been letting you get away with it. But that doesn't mean I'm okay with it. I can't get offended when God says, this is far as you can go doing it that way. Am I in the house today? I said, am I in the house? I want to know, is anybody ready for God to shake some stuff up? But he can't shake some stuff up without shaking some stuff up. And we want God to shake some stuff up without shaking some stuff up. And Paul says to these people of Corinth, listen, I know y'all are accustomed to it this way. I mean, honestly, if you look at a lot of Paul's letters, like you got some some Corinth, Galatians, uh, Hebrews, this is one of his major fights, It's trying to get people to let go of ways of practicing their religion that are reflective of the old covenant and not the new one. I don't have time. And even though we live in a new covenant era, we still, many of us, have old covenant mindset. Did you hear what I just said? And so the same battle that the Holy Spirit was trying to fight through Paul is the same battle the Holy Spirit is fighting now. And he's trying to expose to us the inferiority of some of these practices and pull us into another level. And am I talking to anybody that wants another level in your life spiritually? lord well I want you to know that Paul not only tells us that it is possible he tells us how it's possible it's in the text this is what he says he says that we with an unveiled face beholding in a mirror as the glory of the lord are being transformed and to the same image, from glory to glory. Did y'all hear me? He says you're being transformed into what you, the image of the Lord. So it says, so you've been. Who, who is that? That's Jesus. All right. So I'm being transformed. That's formation into that. But this is how it's happening. I'm done, Tarrio. They tired. Here it is. Here it is. (laughs) Here it is. From glory to glory. He said, I'm going to do it, but it's not going to be immediately. You don't go from all the way here to all the way there. He says, I'm going to do it from glory to glory, I'm going to do it from level to level. I'm not going to do it all immediately. I'm going to do it incrementally. Just because I had not done it all doesn't mean I'm not going to do it all. I got to go. Stop panicking, I'm going to do it all. Stop worrying, I'm going to do it all. Stop spazzing out, I'm going to do it all. Stop complaining, I'm going to do it all. Stop stressing, I'm going to do it all. I'm just not going to do it all at one time. But just because I haven't done it all doesn't mean I'm not going to do it all. Glory to glory. But when I get through, when I get finished, when I put the period at the end of the sentence, before the bell rings, before the doors close, before the curtains fall, before the lights go off, I will do exactly what I said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need somebody that wants it all, to just throw your hands up toward heaven and say, I want it all, I want it all. I don't want half, I don't want a third, I don't want most of it, I want it all. I got four minutes, here it is. Here it is. What Paul is saying in the New Testament, we see in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter number 23, verse number 30. God, I feel this right here. Oh, my God, I feel this. God is informing Israel of the way he's going to do what he promised he would do through Moses. He promised the promised land. That's what he was going to do. But here in Exodus, he tells them the way he's going to do it. He says, I'm going to do what I said. But here's how I'm going to do it. Little by little, y'all come get me today. Little by little, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land." I'm doing it little by little because I've got to increase you little by little so that you are able to handle the land I am sending you into. I'm going to do it little by little but it's going to be big. I'm going to do it little by little but it's going to be major. I'm going to do it little by little but it's going to be grand. I'm going to do it little by little but your enemies are going to be confused. I'm going to do it little by little but I'm going to blow your mind. Little little by little he advances them incrementally because he can only increase them incrementally i'm going to have to wrap this up cuz i know this stream is thrown all the way off you here. Here, here it is did y'all catch that he says i've got to i got to pace Oh, thank you jesus see uh, see that wasn't even for y'all that was for me I'm sorry, I just, I, for like two seconds, I left y'all and started thinking about me. I started thinking about how glad I am now that God didn't give me what I wanted then. Come on. I know some people can pray, like to praise God for what he did give them. I want to know is there anybody in New Jersey today that's got enough spiritual sense to say, I'm going to praise him for what he didn't give them. you for what you didn't do. Come on. Thank you for the job I didn't get. Thank you for the house that didn't work out. Thank you for the relationship that didn't work out. Thank you. We got to go but I feel a little old school church today. Can somebody take 15 seconds and say this praise is for what he didn't do? This is not for open doors. This is for closed doors. This is not for the yeses. This is for the noes. This is for what you didn't do. Oh, Everybody's standing. My time's up. I'm going to have to finish this Wednesday. Little by little. Am I in the book? Little by little. He's going to do it all. Just not all at the same time. But when he get through. <laughs> Woo! I say when he get through. When he gets finished, when he gets finished, it will be just what he said. Little by little. Father, I pray for every person watching and in this room who's dealing with frustration because they feel like things are unfinished. Those who feel like because you haven't done it all, you aren't going to do it all. I pray for that person now. May they have the blessed assurance that you're not finished yet. That you complete what you start. But you do it from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So give us the grace to manage your pace. Give us the grace to manage your pace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands, family, and give him (laughs) praise. Listen really quickly. Everybody looking at me, if you're here in this room or under the sound of my voice, maybe you tuned in or came in.